0: Today's episode is brought to you by Nomad, one the Flathead's best manufacturer. Nomad is a longtime supporter of the local community and sports scene, celebrating 20 years of building great careers in mission-focused custom vehicles. Nomad, a Montana-based company making a global impact. Visit nomadgcs.com for more info. That's nomadgcs.com for more information. Welcome back to another episode of the Interlake Sports Now. I'm Josh Dugan and football season is in full effect here in Northwest Montana. We're going to get to our first prep football roundup of the 2023 prep football season starting with the Glacier Wolfpack who made a big statement in week one and then the rest of the Valley teams. Then we're going to get into some Cat Gris football talk close things out with just a quick tidbit about the Glacier Range Riders. So. Let's get to our first prep football round of the year. As I mentioned, Glacier Wolfpack made a statement week one with a 44, 0 victory over the Great Falls Bison, excuse me. The Wolfpack wasted absolutely no time getting this season started out with a bang. They scored a touchdown on their first offensive play from scrimmage. Sophomore QB Jackson Presley swung the ball to rep measure out of the backfield The measure found wide receiver Cohen Costellitz streaking down the field for an easy touchdown to start the season. Like I said, that's one way to get it going. The Wolfpack were a popular preseason pick among media to win Class AA. And after that week one performance, you can see why. Jackson Presley is a sophomore QB, and he impressed in his first start with the Wolfpack. Last year, Gage Slider Gage was slinging it for the Wolfpack, consistently putting up big numbers. And Jackson Presley came in and filled right in and did a great job. So hard to replace a guy like that, but after one week, looking solid. As for Presley, he finished with 255 yards passing and two touchdowns and a nearly flawless performance. And what impressed me the most about this young quarterback was his ability to throw the football in traffic with touch. He put the ball in the money didn't just try to force every ball in there. And head coach Grady Bennett, Glacial Wolfpack head coach and his legend, he saw the same thing. He was quoted as saying the following in the Daily Interlake's recap of the game. Quote, once he settled down, you started to see some of the things he can do. That laser to rep measure up the middle, excuse me, up the seam, you don't see a high school quarterback at any grade make that throw. That's some high praise from Coach Bennett. A dude who played for the Grays himself and has a lot of experience working with quarterbacks who have gone on to the next level and seen a lot of great high school quarterbacks. Coach Bennett knows what he's talking about, and Presley deserved the high praise after one start. Definitely looking forward to covering the sophomore gunslinger more this season. Another name we briefly mentioned was Cohen Costellitz. He had a big game for the Wolfpack, four catches for 120 yards and two touchdowns. I expect him to have a huge season this year. Fun to cover him last year on the football field and the basketball court, so you know he's a great athlete. Looking for that to translate this season with his new quarterback. Next up, Flathead kicked off their season in Great Falls versus CMR and fell 33 to nothing. Stats were not available from that one at press time, but the Braves will be back at home next week at Legend Stadium versus Belgrade for their home opener. So we should have a lot more Braves action on the horizon next week. Definitely looking forward to getting out there and seeing this year's Flathead football team. As for our Class A schools in the local area, Whitefish fell to Hamilton, 21 to seven at the dog pound. While Columbia Falls pounced on Frenchtown for a 42 to 14 win, Cody Schweikert, Grid's commit, was 15 for 22 passing for two hundred twenty-two yards, including a 76-yard touchdown strike to Jace Hill. Reggie Sapa scored twice, including an 85-yard kick return for columbia falls last up from the class a ranks was big forks return to class a as in polson first one of their rivals as the vikings beat the pirates 55 to 20 eli thornis came up huge for big fork in their return to class a as he had four touchdown receptions on the day huge day to go with six receptions for 160 yard 167 yards total Wyatt Johnson came up clutch out of the backfield with 11 carries for 156 yards and a touchdown. Two more guys last year covered them with Big Fork, covered them on the basketball court. Solid athletes looking to big seasons from Thornis and Johnson for Big Fork, no doubt. They also have returning quarterback Tristan Hurd. So they got a squad down in Big Fork. Overall, very impressive win in their return to Class A. Last year, the Vikings, like I said, watched them a few times. They had a very strong core. Mentioned a couple of the names are back this year, so look for them to make some noise early and often this season despite moving up to a more competitive conference. So that'll do it for our prep football roundup this week. Just kind of diving back into the football action. We'll start having more fall sports on next week's show without a doubt. Going to get into the soccer, going to get into the golf, flag football starting up again, so lots to look forward to. But this week, we focused on the football. Two things to watch for the Cats and Grizz this week. That's what we're going to finish this thing out with as the Cats and Grizz both start their seasons this weekend. Exciting time for Montana football fans, no doubt about it. Let's start with the Bobcats. Two things to watch this week. First off for the Cats, how do the Bobcats split snaps between Tommy Mott and Sean Chambers? And if the Cats take a huge lead early on, do we see them rest their starters? You know, Or do they let him get reps to prepare for a huge Week 2 matchup with South Dakota State defending FCS champions and who Montana State lost to in the FCS semifinal last year? I'm really interested to see, does Malat carry the load early? Does Chambers get in from the first couple snaps? Such an interesting dynamic to have two quarterbacks who belong on the field every play. You just can't do it. So it'll be interesting to see how they split that up early. And if they do blow them out, where do the Bobcats go from there? Do they focus on reps that you put in the third stringers and say, let's save them for next week and leave it all on the field versus the Jackrabbits. Next up, technically that was two questions, but it, I, I made it a one parter there. How does the Bobcats running back by committee approach look in 2023? And will they get more work near the end zone? Big question for me coming into this season. Last year, look at the Cats, two leading rushers. Tommy Malat had 1,140 rushing yards. Sean Chambers, Racked up 899 rushing yards. Chambers finished with 19 rushing touchdowns. Great numbers. And Tommy Mallott finished with 13 rushing touchdowns, which is also a great number. So they put a lot of work on their quarterbacks near the red zone. I'm not going to say you don't want your guys taking those extra hits. Milan and Chambers are tough dudes. But they both dealt with injuries at times last year. And you look at a guy like Elijah Elliott last year, had 744 yards rushing. Lane Sumner and Garrett Coon were also impact players from the tailback position. So all that being said, does someone like Elliott or Sumner or Coon, did one of them step up and get a little more action near the red zone because the three of them combined last year for just two rushing touchdowns? This is a good problem to have. They have a dynamic offense, and if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You're not going to hear me complaining if the Cats decide to let Chambers and Mallott run wild near the end zone and when you're in the red zone. Trust me, I understand the goal is to win games, but in the long run, when you look at a guy like Tommy Mallott, you look at a guy like Sean Chambers and their value – you want them healthy in the championship game. You want them healthy in the postseason. Those first couple weeks, maybe give the ball a couple more times to your tailback near the end zone. I have very little critiques for this Bobcats as a complete offensive unit. I've had so much fun watching them last year. That's just something that I'm going to be interested to see because you got to keep those guys healthy for the big moments down the stretch, the brawl, the wilds, the postseason, those kind of games. You want Chambers and a lot on the field. So do... The running backs, does that running back by committee the Bobcats have? Get a little more work near the red zone. Save a couple of those big hits from the big boys because when you're playing near the goal line, there's a lot of big dudes on the field, Milan Chambers, save themselves a few hits. But just something to watch. Like I said, if they decide to let Chambers and Mallott rack up the touchdowns again, you're not going to hear me complain because, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Just something to watch. Excited for football fans yet, football yet fans? I am, all right, getting pumped up. As for the Grizz, let's dive into the University of Montana. My first question is who steps up on defense? Who are the new major playmakers? Because last year, Patrick O'Connell, Robbie Hauk, Justin Ford, all huge for the Grizz from day one. Three of the best players in the conference on the defensive side of the ball. So I'm really interested to see who are the faces who really step up as impact players early on, Levi Janakaro, he's the leading returning tackler, 87 last year total, and 10 tackles for loss. Braxton Hill is another name to watch who I was impressed with last season. He had three sacks and 66 total tackles. Defensive tackle Alex Gubner was first team all Big Sky last year, so he's going to be a mainstay for this Grizz defense up the middle. And the one place the Grizz should be ready to roll is safety with Trave John Cotton, Garrett Graves, and Nash Fouch all back again. So you have three returning guys who are all supposed to be either in returning starting roles or for Graves, he's supposed to have an impact role as kind of that third guy in the secondary at the safety position. Nowadays, a lot of safeties move up, play a little linebacker too, so don't rule that out. So despite losing some star power, I'm going to make a bold prediction right here for the Grizz. I think they're going to be a more complete defensive unit and statistically have a better year with less holes in the defense. I know it's a hot take because they had some real stars last year but I think having so many guys with another year of experience in this defense playing for the Grizz who have are returning faces, guys like Hill, Janet Caro, the guys we all named, that's a deep unit to start. And I do believe last year's unit was stacked star power wise, but a lot of these guys were still finding their footing, finding their role with the team. I think this year's Grizz defense is going to have it dialed in. And I think they're going to be a force once again. The second thing to watch in week one for the Grizz is how do they roll out first year quarterback Sam Vidlack? And who emerges as his go-to receiver? Because typically QBs find that safety net they can trust on a big conversion in the red zone. He doesn't have the experience in-game playing with any of these guys. I gotta think six foot-six tight end Ryan Simpson could be a name to watch. He had a great spring game. Him and Vidlack showed some really good chemistry. And then you have guys like Keelan White, Aaron Fontes, and Junior Bergen all back at it again. So, I expect all of those guys to be on Vidlak's radar early. And he kind of, you know, we're going to watch him feel it out in real time and find the guys that he could trust in the big moments because all of those are good options. It's just a matter of every quarterback has their preference. It's rare you have the Tom Brady type of QB who just hits every different receiver. But in his prime, he still had Gronk, he had Edelman, Troy Brown back in the day. There's going to be those go to guys you could trust for a key play. So, that's what I'm interested to see from Vidlak. This is another one of those two parters kind of. How did the Grizz roll out Sam Vidlak? Boise State, transfer, played at Oregon State, a guy who has the pedigree to come out day one and potentially have one of the best arms in the conference. So did they take a conservative approach? Did they ease him into it? Or did they take the training wheels off from day one? I have a feeling they're going to let it rip from the jump. First-year offensive coordinator Brent Pease has a history of coaching quarterbacks who put up huge numbers in the passing game. And I have a strong feeling we're going to see some monster numbers out the gate for the Boise State transfer, Sam Vidlak. I expect, you know, like I said, maybe they take it slow a little bit, ease out who are your go-to receivers. Once they find that rhythm versus Butler, I think they're going to absolutely let it loose and try to get things really rolling and get that momentum going for the season. One other name to watch at qb early is transfer qb clifton mcdowell who started his career playing for the louisiana and cajuns before playing juco ball and spending time at the university of central arkansas mcdowell brings dual threat abilities a dynamic playmaker with his legs so don't be surprised if the Grizz sprinkle him into the offense just a little bit in week one just to throw some curveballs in there you see what the bobcats do with two qbs we'll see if the Grizz maybe try a little something a little trickery get a little creative Put McDowell in with the package to run the football a little more. Whatever it may be, that's a name to watch because the talent's there, and it's kind of like Chambers and lot. The more talent you have in the QB room, the better. It's just a matter of only one guy can be on the field at once, typically. Bonus thing to watch, we're a lot of, a little more Grizz talked in the Bobcats, but coming into this season, it is fair to say the Grizz have a few more questions to answer early on. I'm sure Coach Halk would argue that, but the point being, Bobcats are coming off a trip to the FCS semifinal. We kind of know what we're getting with Chambers, Malak, Coach Vegan. They did it last year. Coach Houck, he's got some new coaches around him. He's gotten kind of a new, a little bit new quarterback, a couple new pieces on defense. Just a few more questions. Doesn't mean either one's going to finish better or worse at this point because college football nowadays is a crapshoot. You never really know who's going to jump out. It really matters about week seven, week eight, how teams are doing these first few weeks is more just feeling it out and not losing games that you shouldn't lose. Easy enough. So the bonus thing to watch, similar to the Bobcats, I'm interested to see how the Grizzlies roll out their running back committee this year. You have Nick Osmo, Isaiah Child, Xavier Harris, all proven viable go-to backs when healthy. Redshirt freshman Eli Gilman showed explosive ability out of the backfield in his two appearances as a freshman last year, true freshman. So does he step up a little bit more as a redshirt, redshirt freshman, I believe? Yeah. So Osmo led the unit with 769 rushing yards and seven touchdowns. He was the go-to guy last year when healthy. We'll see if they continue to kind of lean on him a little bit. Or is it going to be a more evenly balanced approach with so much talent in the running back room? That's something to consider because the Grizz, when they're at their best last year, they get the ball into like a second and two, third and two, pound the rock with Osmo. It felt like maybe they were in a few too many long third downs, this and that establish the run early, utilize this talent. I'm interested to see if one guy steps up or they say, we have so much talent in this room, we got to get them all involved. That's what a great offensive coordinator does. Brent Pease, I mentioned his name before. He has a history of coaching some high caliber offenses. So I expect him to get creative with the talent he has and the playmakers he has. So one other piece of University Montana football news. That was it for our things to watch week one with the Cats and the Grizz. It's going to be a fun one. I can't wait to see how this season goes. Week two, big matchup on the horizon for the Bobcats versus the South Dakota State Jackrabbits, so we'll be definitely looking forward to that one on next week's show to break that down a little bit more. But the other piece of University of Montana football news, shout out Grizz offensive lineman Chris Walker for being named to the Reese's Senior Bowl watch list. That's impressive. The Senior Bowl is the premier college all-star game and a great place for prospects to showcase their talent for NFL coaches and scouts, and hey, we'll see if Walker earns himself a place in the Senior Bowl by season's end. According to the Grizz Football Communications Department, only two other Grizz football players have earned Senior Bowl invites. Scott Cragg played in 1994, and Jordan Tripp played in 2014. So that would be a major accomplishment for Walker and the program as a whole. All right, one last piece of Valley news for this week's show. Like I said, next week we're going to start really diving into the fall sports action now that it's really getting underway. Soccer, golf, flag football, volleyball, all kinds of fun stuff. For this week, we'll round it out with a little bit of Glacier Range Riders talk. And this isn't quite news, but just more of an announcement, something to keep an eye out for. They play their final two home series of the Pioneer League season coming up here. Friday, September 1st through the 3rd, and then the 4th through the 6th, they got back-to-back home series. And that's going to be it. So baseball fans, make sure you get out to the ballpark a few more times before the season's over. Get your baseball fix. It is so hard to believe we're already getting ready for that time of year summer's wrapping up and all of a sudden we're talking about places selling halloween decorations and pumpkin spice lattes are back on sale so it feels like we just started summer and here we are baseball's kind of wrapping up here in the valley so make sure you get out to another range riders game lots of fun great atmosphere we talked about it last week they were recently voted the best their stadium excuse me was voted the best minor league independent MLB partner league ballpark of the country. I kind of botched that. But but. worth getting out there, having some fun at the stadium, and ending summer on a good note. So, Speaking on a good note, that'll do it for this week's show. We'll end it right there. Thank you, as always, for watching the Interlake Sports Now. I'm Josh Dugan. And on next week's show, like I said, we'll talk some CACRA's football recap a little bit, preview two matchups and then we'll definitely keep you in the, lo- in the loop with the local prep football scene and start diving into the rest of the fall sports breaking those down because they are going to be in full swing before we- you know it overall great stuff as always y'all thanks for tuning in i'm josh Steven. today's episode is brought to you by nomad go to the flyheads' best manufacturer nomad is a longtime supporter of the local community and sports scene celebrating 20 years of building great careers and mission focused custom vehicles nomad Montana-based company making a global impact. Visit nomadgcs.com for more info. That's nomadgcs.com for more information.